Welcome to the Just Pause podcast with me, Claire Edwards. Today we have Prudence Todd on as our absolutely incredible specialist guest. She is from Reclaim Your Womanhood and she used to be a midwife. She'll talk a little bit more about that during the episode, um, but now has her own clinic um, and is a holistic pelvic wellness practitioner. So um, please reach out to her if you if this episode resonates with you and you feel like you need a bit of a helping hand. She talks a bit about her amazing uh, Flourish program, which is an online program at the end of the episode. Um, and we're going to talk about loads of things in the episode today. We've just recorded. Um, Prue's actually been very kind to record this episode uh, whilst on a little kind of breakaway, um, just herself taking herself off on her own away from her family. Um, so she was actually sat in in a van on the beach because <laughs> she was. Um, I'll let you. I'll let her explain as to where she's from. But um, yeah, super grateful that she took the time out to speak to me and to us because she has so much to share. And if you keep listening um, all the way to the end or towards the end, she shares with us an absolutely amazing um, piece of breath work. So, um, yeah, feel free to listen to that as many times as you need to have a little practice, perhaps connect a little bit more with your body, your pelvic floor. Um, and I hope you get all the information that you need out of this episode because it was just such a joy to record with her. But before we start, Let's take a smooth breath in, a long breath out, and just pause. Hello, lovely Prudence. It's lovely to have you here on the podcast, and I'd love for you just to start to introduce yourself, um, because yeah, you've got so many lovely gifts to share with us today, and it'd be lovely to know a little bit more about you. Hello, Claire. It's lovely to connect with you, especially across the world. I know. Australia to the UK. It's very cool. Um, Yeah. um, Thank you for asking me to introduce myself. I'm a mother. Four kids. um, They're two adults and two teenagers, a boy and uh, a girl and three boys. And I'm a wife to one. Nearly 25 years next year, so that's been a journey in itself. Um, I'm also the founder of Your Womanhood, yeah. which is um, where I love to guide women after birth back to the wisdom and medicine within their bodies, which is how we connected. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure how um, this happened, but I always really enjoy um, just letting people come into my um kind of universe I guess as it happens um yeah. because I think probably at some stage started following each other on Instagram and I was just like you know what this would just be an amazing subject for this because it's super important and we haven't really had anyone else um on here yet that's talked a little bit about what we're going to talk about today um so it's going to be really exciting um to kind of unpack a little bit more I guess about the pelvic wellness which mm-hmm. I don't know I think a lot of people maybe feel a little bit icky about I'm going to use that word because I think people mm-hmm. think, oh well yeah we just don't need to worry about that that's fine but actually it's <laughs> super super important um, and even me as a yoga teacher I find it really difficult in my normal in kind of my day-to-day job to um get people to engage with it and so I try to not almost talk about it very much but give people exercises to do that will be doing the nice toning things and um and that kind of thing but without actually mentioning it (laughs) because then they're just doing it liminally without realizing um Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's definitely um where I would come from it so I would love for you to almost start talking about what you might do in your in your clinic what what would your kind of job title be if you walked into a room and had to explain what you did (laughs) what Mm -hmm. what did you do yeah awesome so in my clinic where I see women I mostly there's two kind of types of women that I mostly see and not to categorize women but generally when I think about the women that I spend time with 
mostly it's women who have experienced a really challenging birth and they still feel the impact of that in their body in some way, shape or form. And sometimes that's soon after the birth and other times it can be years down the track. Mm-hmm. And they're discovering through perhaps symptoms or a heaviness, a sense of oppression or anxiety in their body that maybe things didn't get resolved um, in within themselves around that birth. The other type of woman that I seem to spend a lot of time with is, you know, women later on in life who kind of just got really busy with raising their kids, being a mum, getting on with their career, doing whatever they need to do, and they kind of know that there's some things that they need to address. They haven't been doing it. And then one day they're just like, okay, I'm going to be reluctantly seeking out someone for some assistance and they come see me. And they might come for just some symptoms that they just kind of want to clean up and get rid of. Mm-hmm. And then they enter into this whole journey of healing the emotional side of why those symptoms showed up in the first place. Amazing. Yeah. That's super so cool. If, and just for those it's that, always a really you you're right. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say for those that don't know, um Prue has absolutely loads of knowledge and also experience with all of this. Um because I think you used to be a midwife first off, or I'm guessing well, do you not practice um, midwifery anymore? Have you kind of stopped that now and, and you run your clinic instead? Yeah, that's an interesting journey in itself. So I was a a midwife and I had four children and during that time I experienced pretty heavy depression, very heavy depression, which I healed from a couple of times during having my family. Wow. And so during that time I didn't work enough to hold my registration. And then when I went to go back, they were like, you need to do your whole degree again. And I wasn't willing to do that. So I became... I actually had my own symptoms in my body from birthing over nine and 10 pound babies and a lot of back pain. And I got into Pilates and became a restorative Pilates instructor. Wow. And then I started noticing a lot of women talking about things in their body that I knew and I kind of had background because I'd I'd been around birth. And then I started to get this call to really quieten my practice and slow it down and pay more attention to the quieter things that were happening in women's bodies and I kind of resisted it because you know we all just want to be fit right we just want to be fit and look good and we don't want to pay attention to those quieter things so mm-hmm. after a while I was like okay this nudge is not going away and when I started to actually listen to that women would actually start crying in class and we would be doing some very directed work around the pelvic floor and tears would flow and things would start to unlock and unleash and then I was like mm, there's there's more to be discovered here so then I studied more um, I started with Tammy Kent from the States she's incredible around pelvic care and also a few beautiful women here Jenny Blythe and Fiona Hallinan here in Australia and I learned how to do internal work as well so from that and about eight to ten years of working with women and watching women's bodies, now I have my clinic and I also run some programs online. So it's been an interesting journey of how I went from midwifery into this because if I was just working as a midwife I would and still have my registration, I would never be where I am today. Yeah. And, well, really congratulations for you for following that inner nudge and kind of healing yourself first almost I guess because I'm suppose I, I, I suppose you were almost trying these different things out on yourself uh, maybe and then going oh yeah that felt different or that worked or that released something and um, perhaps I can bring this to a, a wider audience because I think you're totally right as you've seen for people in even perhaps your restorative Pilates classes if you were trying to soften things and do things a little bit differently and then the emotion starts to flow you really know that you have hit something there and so yeah that's worth yeah. looking a little deeper at um yeah because you're right it's very very difficult to listen to those um quiet nudges because we generally just push them down and go oh it's okay you know if to be a, to say a very british thing but kind of keep calm carry on that kind of thing just yeah, yeah. You know, it yep. will be fine. It will go away. I'm not going to listen to this because it's not shouting loud enough. And then we leave it and we leave it and we leave it. And then it starts to shout really loud. <laughs> so then we have to go find some help. But um, yeah, absolutely. And I also find like I love that 
that expression that you just use because I often say the same thing. It's like when a child comes to us and they're like, I need you for something and we go, yeah, I'm busy. And then they get louder and louder or they just go quiet and go away and there's actually a sense of disconnect. And that's what we experience in our body. Our bodies either the symptom gets louder and louder and louder until we can't ignore it or they'll, it'll just go quiet and there'll be this sense of disconnect in our body and a, and, a, and a numbness that drops in. And then we wonder why we're not enjoying intimacy or we don't feel things or we don't feel connected with ourselves. So, yeah, yeah it kind of seems lovely... to go two ways. Yeah, that's such a nice analogy. I think people listening to this, if they do have kids, will be like, oh, <laughs> because everyone will have experienced if you've had if you had kids or even if you don't have kids of your own and you um, I don't know, you kind of look after um, nieces or nephews or or anything or even just friends, kids. And you do have those points where, you know, they come up to you and you're absolutely right. Oh, I'm busy and busy. And then, yeah, they normally it seems like they just get louder. It depends how old they are. But most of the time, it's normally the go to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> normally they just yeah get louder and louder. But that's such a nice analogy because I don't think people will necessarily think about um, things that come up in their body in that way. But actually, that's a really accessible um way of thinking about it think of think of your mm. body as a bit of a child or the responses that you're you're getting as, as a kind of inner child going hello um can, can you pay attention to me for a bit absolutely um, or even a friend you know how do we respond to a girlfriend who sits in front of us and tells us all about the things that she's struggling with you know yeah. that's all our body is asking for is for us to respond the same way that we would do that for someone else yeah absolutely yeah yeah. I was going to ask just for um, some listeners that might be um, thinking like, is my, like, I don't know what my pelvic health is like, um, because quite often if we do keep ignoring these little nudges and instead of them getting louder, they just go away and do disconnect. It might take quite a while for you to almost notice that that is what has happened. If you're, if you're not somebody that does connect with your body and we can talk more about that later because that, that is mm. a thing that I think a lot of people don't um, don't do on a regular basis because it's just not um, encouraged too much and it's not the the done thing it is very much well you must go into work you must do all of these things even if you're poorly and you know just carry on as normal and everyone needs to behave a bit like a robot so mm. <laughs> um, mm. yeah I wonder if you can um, maybe comment on almost pelvic health in general I don't know if there if there's any little uh things that people can do to almost assess their own pelvic health I don't know if that makes sense but <laughs> ah, absolutely and you know I think this like you know there's a there's a kind of a phase in life where you're speaking from for your women and the women that listen to your podcast but I think it's really important to go back to when we're first born we're, we're born with a pelvis and our, all of our anatomy within and the organs within which are they're, they're all sacred right like and we either are or we aren't helped and guided to understand what those organs do how they work and how to honor them and so how we feel about you know our pelvic health our menstruation our menarche our cycle how we are when we, you know, change from a girl into a young woman, how we are when we go from, uh, you know, a maiden into a mother, what that experience is of birth, how we experience ourselves as mothers, how we look at our bodies. Do we feel, you know, when we were young, do we feel disgusted by our bleed? Do we feel like there's a sense of honouring when we bleed as a woman? Like all of these little things lead to how we look at pelvic health in general and so I think there's the symptoms of pelvic health which I can touch on a little bit as well but it's also how do we actually feel towards ourselves as a woman and everything that happens down there and I one woman's response that came into my clinic one day comes to mind and she she sat in front of me and she said this and this and this and this is going on and you know I just don't really want to be aware of what's going down going on down there every day <laughs> I looked at her and I smiled and I was like I I totally hear you and I said the interesting thing is that once you're finished with me not only will you be more aware but you'll be joyously aware of what's yes. going on down there 
<laughs> and there won't be that sense of loathing. And I think that sense of loathing comes from, you know, when we're young and we're getting our period and we're experiencing pain and we're not necessarily taught how to, to, to care for ourselves in that pain. And that might lead to, you know, cramps. It could lead to issues with ovaries and lumps and little fibroids in the uterus and it could be endometriosis and there's all, all these different journeys that women move through. Yeah. And any pain in the pelvis is really calling us to look at something, to look at how what is happening here that this is happening. And, and sometimes we know what to do to ease the pain and that could be anything from a hot water bottle to pain relief to going on the pill. That's a whole nother story that I could talk about. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're not really taught how to honour what is happening and what our body is calling out for. And normally that's some area of our life that needs to be loved and cared for that perhaps wasn't before and so it's showing up as these symptoms. So what ha- often happens is that when we start to look at for instance, a woman came to me recently and she was experiencing a lot of pain. And when I said to her, when do you remember this pain and endometriosis starting? And she said to me, the endometriosis started after my last miscarriage. And so then we started to look at that. We started to break down, you know, what what is the timeline here and when did these things happen? And quite often there are things that we can start to see there are patterns and there are ways that we started to feel about ourselves that then our body started to reflect that it's not always the case but it is very interesting once you start to look at that what starts to show up that's amazing I think this what you've just said is probably really pinnacle um, for as you say my kind of target audience which is probably people that uh well hopefully that well, it could be anyone really that listens I'm very grateful for all of my listeners but um mm-hmm. yeah this this podcast is definitely targeted at people similar age to myself kind of in their 30s perhaps early 40s and haven't started their perimenopause journey yet and it's trying to find different ways that you can help yourself so that perhaps the route through perimenopause and into menopause is a little bit easier Um, is there anything we can do and I think what you've just said is so so important because yeah I think so many people want to disengage with everything that kind of goes on probably sometimes I feel like below um, I might even say the shoulders (laughs) I think sometimes people are like everything else can just yeah everything between like shoulders and and knees is just yeah you can just carry on and do do what you want I don't want to know just get on with it Um, and so yeah it'd be, it's, it's so nice to to talk about this and to get your uh, reflections and comments on the fact that you know you can absolutely pick up um these different emotional bundles that then get stored away um almost it's almost kind of ptsd vibes but kind of hidden them within the body that then manifest themselves in all kinds of different things and you can mm-hmm with um great guidance like yourself you can start to unpick that and get connected in a really um loving and joyous way uh, to to get connect back with yourself rather Mm. than just having to ignore it because you know as we've just said earlier if you ignore it the pain probably starts to shout louder or you feel even more disconnected so it's not going to get any better um And you can use a really gentle um, approach to trying to kind of unlock a lot of those things. So if anyone's experiencing that, please get in touch with Prue because she'll be absolutely incredible um, to speak to. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I if you I'm trying to think where's the because I've got so much I want to talk to you about. I'm like, right, where where should we go from here? Um, Maybe I'll ask just relating to that a little bit of how how does good pelvic health help us when we're entering kind of perimenopause era um because i I don't really know the answer to that um i don't think um people might be aware that actually having good pelvic health can impact that (laughs) because Mm, um, mm. i don't know if you've got any comments (laughs) 
Yeah, it's interesting that you asked that question because it's like you channeled what was just dropping in for me and oh, that maybe. is that, the, you know, the difference for me and I'm, I'm now coming into perimenopause so I just got my bleed day 20, super impressed about that. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, great. <laughs> you know, thing, things are starting to fluctuate and change for me and I'm feeling the shift of hormones and all that kind of stuff. But I think the biggest thing that is the difference is shifting within ourselves from why is this happening to me to how can I honour what is happening in my body? Because when we feel things that are just really kind of like, I don't want to have to deal with this, it's our first go-to is why is this happening? Like what, you know, what can I do to fix this? It's like why and what do I do? I want it to go away. Yeah. And, you know, by the time we get to, for any woman mid-30s to early 40s, there's a lot of life being lived by that yeah. time. And and a lot of that, you know, we didn't have any control over as young girls and women. We just were living and experiencing life and absorbing what was around us. And so by the time we get to 35 to 40 and our bodies start to show up, it also starts to show up how we how we view ourselves as a woman and view our bodies, how we feel towards her. And some of us are aware of that more than others and there's no right or wrong or good or bad. It's just that it's like, well, now it's your opportunity to actually fall in love with your body. And that can be really challenging, particularly if we've been through trauma either as a young girl, um, even through, you know, the, the, the transition into a woman. There can be really hard things that, you know, for some women, it, like they just loathe even having to bleed every month. It's like I, it's so painful that it's just something that they don't, they literally don't want to have to do. And so for some women they will take measures to not have to do that. Yeah. And for, for other women it could be a, a birth experience that they went through or a relationship that they're in that they they didn't feel honoured or they felt disrespected and it left them feeling shame and guilt in their body or they feel disgusted about what they went through through no fault of their own. Yeah. And these experiences they're carrying. And then I think when we, when we come into perimenopause, what I would so love for every woman and I'm, I'm a living, breathing, not I wouldn't say testament to this, but I'm yeah. a living, breathing, experiential process of this right now for myself it's like you know I've been going through myself constantly thinking you have so much awareness around this and yet you're still experiencing all of these symptoms and it's like I'm being really hard on myself it's like you are an expert in this area and yet you've still got all these symptoms it's like there's all this shame and humiliation and embarrassment and not wanting people to know, do I talk about this? Do I not? And then this voice of grace just comes in this voice of compassion. And it's just like, you have lived life like every other human on the earth and you have your own experiences. Many of them you're still, you know, reconciling within your body. And can you just love her for what's showing up? And that's the biggest thing that is my wish for any woman coming into perimenopause is that when your body starts to speak to you, how do you respond to her? And can you respond with love and compassion as opposed to wanting to just fix her? Yeah, that's incredible, um, especially when we do live in a world of quick fixes quite often. Mm. Um, everything should be immediate and nobody experiences any pain you know if you have a headache you take a paracetamol or ibuprofen or whatever and it goes away you don't have to think about it anymore rather than perhaps going to take a nap because you're knackered and you need <laughs> you need the sleep that's why you've got the headache um but I know you know we don't have time for for these things and I I love the fact that you have just in, really encouraged people to love themselves a little bit more because yeah we're, we're so often um put to the bottom of any pile that we have in life and to turn that around rather than oh you know how can I fix what's happening because I don't like this it's really looking at that question the other way around of okay well what's what's going on and can I give myself some compassion and some love and some rest probably instead and then really feel into whether this changes or how I can help mm. myself um, rather than just having having a quick fix 
And I also mm. really love that you've been super brave and just gone, well, I should know all about this and I'm still experiencing loads of stuff because everyone has their own journey. It doesn't matter who you are and, and what you know, really. Um, my mission from this podcast and kind of onwards and outwards is to see if there's anything that we can be doing differently earlier on in life that might give us an easier ride. But the answer might be no, <laughs> which is fine. Um because everyone is really different. Um, but if there are any things that we can be doing just a little bit differently, seeing ourselves in this different um, kind of loving, compassionate light, rather than being so hard on ourselves all the time, might mm. be super simple um, fix, even if it's even if it lightens the kind of emotional load a little bit, which because we all know that if you've got emotions going on in your brain and it's overtaking your brain, it normally does manifest somewhere in the body as pain or tightness or anxiety or anything else. So yeah, part of me does, does feel actually if we can look at ourselves in a bit more um, of a compassionate way, then, you know, things may be a little bit easier. I still don't know if that's absolutely correct because you'll probably already still have symptoms of some kind, but it might just well, help them ease a bit. Yeah, and, you know, I definitely know there are things that we can do um, that will ease it. And sometimes I, I just remind myself, you know, what potentially would you be experiencing if you weren't compassionate and you didn't understand what you do understand? And the amount of women that I speak to who are in their 50s, 60s and 70s and when we work together or we have a conversation, you know, sometimes it's just a conversation in the street with someone and they look at me in the eyes and they're just like, I wish... I knew you when I was 30. Yeah. I wish I knew these things or I wish I knew all of this or I wish I felt this in my body when I was 30. Like so much, you know, a a lot of what I speak to women when they're older, you know, they've taken years of of their life knowing that there's things that maybe they need to address in their body and they've just kind of put it to the side and they haven't addressed it. And so there's not only the symptoms that they're carrying but then there's this like, a sense of shame and guilt that they they didn't address it earlier in their life and so their body carried that she carried that for them and there's a sense of shame in that and so there's a processing of actually healing that and loving that shame and and the miracle of it is that quite often we will actually through the emotional healing a lot of those symptoms just disappear and it's yeah. it's in that tension and that the way that we feel about ourselves and what we are or aren't doing, and I want women to really know who are listening to this, that there's no part of me that thinks that any choice that a woman makes for her path as a woman in dealing with symptoms that she experiences is right or wrong. You know, some women come to me and they're experiencing prolapse or they're experiencing leaking. They might have talked to the gynecologist and they're like, I'm wondering whether I need to have surgery. There's no part of me that's like, you should or shouldn't do this. But if you want to come and talk to me and we can, you know, you will know the next step. You will be able to make that decision for yourself. And sometimes those women go on to not have surgery because everything feels like it realigns itself within their pelvis and their body. They're also not thinking of themselves as broken anymore. They're thinking of themselves as their body just doing the best that she can. And so these things can start quite early, you know, straight after birth. Women experience leaking. They can experience heaviness. They might not experience prolapse, but they might be afraid of a prolapse. So they're like thinking about all of these things that might be happening, but they're not sure. We might Google it. We might talk to someone, you know, all of these different things. Might be experiencing painful sex. We might be experiencing tummy separation or scar pain from C-section or episiotomy that like sex just isn't the same anymore and we're experiencing that but we're also experiencing how we feel about ourselves through that and so when we start to have an awareness of how can I have more compassion to what's happening here then we start to tap into a whole beautiful creativity that opens because the womb in the pelvis is the place of vitality and our very essence and spirit as a woman so when we start to have compassion and love and and reconnect to this area 
you know, things can open up that we didn't see before of how we can take care of ourselves when before we've just been so busy we just couldn't care for it really. Yeah. And so sometimes it can be very straightforward, not like we think, and the healing can happen quite straightforward. That's really nice that you have said that because I think sometimes people think, oh, my goodness, if I if I open Pandora's box, I have no idea what's going to come out and how long it's going to take. And I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you're you're right in that sometimes that if you maybe dig in a little bit and just start to heal even just one aspect of what is going on in the brain um, and then obviously deal with uh, where that's gone in the body and try and kind of soothe that a little bit. It's a bit like a domino effect. I think sometimes if you, if you just start to have one bit of work done somewhere, then it kind of radiates out and then other things seem to probably fall into place perhaps a little easier it's not as though you have to go through the same process and it's going to be really long and drawn out and hard I mean it it may be it depends what has gone on in your life um but yeah I think it's lovely that you've said that there's so much that a woman uh, that a woman can experience and quite a lot of that will then become locked in the body somehow um just through whatever's happened to them uh, emotionally what they feel they kind of perhaps uh, released out of the time or they're not released out if you if you lock away emotion it's so such a powerful thing it's why well, it's super super good to cry and as you say like listen to the rhythm of your cycle if you have one um, and if not cycle of the moon if you want to kind of get into that mm-hmm. um, and really really honor these different phases and definitely cry if you want to cry <laughs> for sure that really Absolutely. helps um, I was just yeah. gonna quickly um I I think I've uh been interested in this because I've kind of experienced a little bit of this myself and going through um it doesn't really matter if you've given birth to a baby or had a c-section or haven't had children at all I think this Mm -hmm. will impact a lot of people but I think there's a lot of um buzz about the kind of pelvic floor fitness in terms of toning and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but there's nothing about how to relax your pelvic floor (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I for one I know that I kind of have or probably a a still too over tight even even though the job that I do um really helps me with uh, kind of diaphragmatic breathing and I will be doing little bits of release and then kind of toning at the same time if you do diaphragmatic breath and that's what kind of happens naturally but I still know that I could do a lot more with the release aspect of that and I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about that in particular the kind of relaxation of that area because we don't often think about that as being a thing it's more like oh no I need to tone it I need to tone it and actually sometimes (laughs) the other way around (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It like you bang on it. It is, it's something I talk about a lot in my programs and I talk about it, you know, on social media. It's just, you know, if, if you, when I'm describing this to people, like if you put your arm out and curl into like, you know, how you do a bicep curl, if you were to do a bicep curl from a 90 degree and just kind of go in and out and in and out, but not fully extend your arm, you've you've got this muscle that's in a permanently contracted state all the time and if you were to function from that all the time there's a couple of things that can happen firstly you're not getting the full functionality out of that part of your body but then other parts around the shoulder and the bicep and down the arm are actually going to get quite sore and so exactly the same thing happens with the pelvic floor but the other thing to consider about pelvic floor is we think of the body being quite like um, mechanical so even when we think about breathing we think about the diaphragm we think about the pelvic floor and it all kind of moving together and with diaphragmatic breath you know that the movement of the pelvic floor with the with the diaphragmatic breath and it's brilliant for for getting that release and I do teach a number of different tools to help women let go because that's like extending the arm fully that's like the little example that I use is being able to get that full breath right down into the pelvis but the other thing to consider is that the body isn't just mechanical the body is actually hydraulic so blood and fluid moves around the body and that is also 
assisted by the breath. And if we are constantly stressed, which most of us are most of the time and, and shallow breathing high up in the chest, the diaphragm isn't massaging the vagus nerve. The fluid isn't moving around the body. And that can lead to a lot of congestion through the pelvic space and in the, in the pelvic fascia and tissues. And so in more recent years, I've got very interested in, in fascia and, and how to help release fascia from both uh, a trauma holding space. The fascia holds emotion. It's very sensitive. It's just like our skin and fascia connects the top of the head, the tips of our toes, it runs and connects everything like the muscles, the ligaments, the blood, the vessels, the bones, the nerves. It, it like brings it all together. And when we breathe really well and we also touch the fascia lovingly and we can allow that sense of release through the fascia, we get so much more out of the tissues. So we start to feel congestion release and and this can be taught through physical touch so I do this with internal work for women but I also teach it online for women to be able to do themselves and I also yeah I also love for women to understand that when we start to understand how the fascia works then we know and understand that the fascia is connected to everywhere in the body so if we've had you know, a fall or we've had some trauma, perhaps some sexual abuse, we've had partners that we haven't loved to be with or we've been with under duress, we haven't used our voice, we've had C-sections, maybe episiotomies or tears, we've felt like our body hasn't been honoured. There's there's tension held around the vagina and the vulva and that runs to all different parts of our bodies. And so a lot of the movement and the work that I do with women is actually full body movement. It's embodying this concept of being able to get hydraulically all of the fluid moving properly out of the body. And it can be as simple as taking your finger and very gently touching somewhere that feels numb or sensitive around the outside or the inside of the vagina just putting your finger there and just being really present and breathing. And like, you know, when you hug a friend that's like really stressed and upset, perhaps she's having a big cry and her whole body just softens and she's like, oh, that's what happens to our pelvic space when she's touched. I mean, if you think, if I ask you the question, you know, when was the last time that your cervix was lovingly touched with intention and presence geez yeah never <laughs> so never like that it's just not a thing for women right yeah like when we can bring like the the cervix is very much just like this diagnostic thing for birth it's a place where we go to have tests um but the, the cervix has connections into the pelvic space and you know i've worked with women over the years when who have been like, you know, I encourage women to talk to me about what they're feeling in their body. And some women have been like, I need you to actually go to my cervix. Like I feel like my cervix needs some love and attention. And there's been huge emotional release. And I don't do anything. It's not like I'm, you know, getting in there and giving the cervix a big massage or anything. I'm literally just bringing my touch and my presence and my love to that area and there's like a sigh in the tissues yeah. and they let go of tension that's been held there possibly for years. Yeah. And so this is all part of that, you know, the, the, the contraction and the full expansion that needs to happen for them to, there to be perfusion in all of the blood vessels and everything that flows through the pelvis so that women and can feel sensations they can feel what's happening down there, but also all of their organs are being way better perfused and taken care of by their body. Yeah. Yeah, I've always thought it's um, sometimes a strange thing. I haven't had a, a kind of massage therapist come on here and, and kind of chat to me about anything yet, but quite often the area of the belly and kind of anywhere really um, 
in that area sometimes even up into kind of glutes and things that's always unless you go to a sports massage therapist or um go and see somebody for a specific reason maybe a physio or something they generally just if you go for a relaxing massage they'll do kind of back shoulders arms neck uh legs mm-hmm. feet and then they'll leave everything in the kind of torso um mm unless you probably ask them to do anything specific but you know I wonder if it would make a difference if even just the area of your belly was kind of massaged around a bit because I feel like we really neglect that area of our body as well as um, anywhere in the pelvic floor I think that is hugely hugely neglected all the time we just um, yeah we just want it to keep calm and carry on um, as it it does normally Um, absolutely interesting that you've just said it doesn't really need very much it just needs sometimes just the presence of the touch there and then that's probably all it needs to have that bit of a hug and then you're like cool okay that was great. yeah I mean the the internal work that I either teach or do with women is very you know it's not like a, a good old shoulder rub it can be very very the the, the pelvic fascia is very receptive she's 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 tender and she's a living breathing organism unto herself inside of our bodies and the other thing that's really beautiful there's two points I'd love to just share if you're open to me sharing that yes please one is that we have this incredible portal in our bodies to the pelvic space that being the vagina and we think of the vagina just something that like babies come out of we menstruate from the vagina or we we have sexual intercourse through the vagina. But what if it could be this incredible portal of information for us as women to our own bodies? And the things that we can learn, like once you actually start to, you know, for some women, you know, they can be in their 50s and never actually discover where their cervix is. Yeah, I was definitely not, one through, of those pretty much. Yeah. 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 There can be, you know, for some women it's like, well, I, I just don't know, even know how to go there. And so it, it's this, if if a woman chooses to go on that journey, it can be an incredible portal to so much information. And the organs of the pelvic space speak to us if we're open to that as well. So a lot of what I teach is also around, you know, if you were to connect to your left or right ovary or your womb whether you have a womb or you don't or you have your ovaries or you don't there is an energetic presence of that in your body and they've they very much hold the masculine the feminine in all different ways in the body we need both and they will have messages for us when we sit and listen and be really quiet so that's one thing that's really really powerful to do as a woman the other thing that I wanted to talk about was if we have experienced you know, um, an episiotomy or a C-section through birth, or we've had some kind of surgery, the impact of that to the fascia can be quite reaching. Like C-section may look like abdominal surgery, but it very much impacts the pelvic floor because all of that fascia is connected. And so women may start to experience different symptoms, perhaps after C-section, And then those symptoms may lead to a sense of disconnect from their partner. They may even experience a sense of disconnect from their child if they've struggled with how that little one came into the world and they feel a little bit disconnected there. But just paying attention and actually bringing some soft, gentle fascia release to the C-section scar or the the episiotomy or the tear can also bring a huge... Um, release into those tissues like you said you know if you're experiencing a lot of tightness through the pelvic floor that you just can't seem to connect with because there's like the amount of women I talk to are just like I'm permanently like tense through my pelvic floor that's more of an issue than anything else that that stress can be released by just acknowledging the experience that that part of your body went through and allowing her to feel loved and soften and so that can be a huge connection for a lot of women which actually just lets go in the tissues yeah Mm. no that's amazing I was just going to say a quick point if people are listening and going I've heard this word fascia being thrown around and I'm not really sure 
what what it is you do you made a great description of, of it earlier and it does it's in everywhere in the body connects everything but a good way of looking at it is um thinking of it as like a segment of an orange and you could kind of break into the orange and you see all those tiny little bits uh yes the kind of pith and it's it's similar to that it's all of the um kind of very very thin uh container that kind of contains all these capsules of the orange and you break if you break into a segment that's that's the same as what the fascia is in the body that if, if that's yes. helpful that's what that's it, beautiful that's what it is um so yeah. you can kind of see actually and you can um even if you take a segment of orange and you kind of massage a little bit of it if you break open that bit that bit will be so much more supple and maybe a bit juicier than if you haven't done the same with the other bit of segment so mm-hmm. Um, that's just to give a kind of uh, non-scientific because I'm I'm I love all the science and I'm a super science geeky brain. But yeah, for those that haven't and are like I don't know what they're talking about, um, that, yeah, I love that description. It. So um, so yeah, and I think we can we can do so much. I I know I remember uh, kind of when I was pregnant with my son and reading about um doing kind of massage to help. The pelvic floor and the perineum and that kind of thing um, release and get a little softer and more malleable so that when you have your baby it's more likely to stretch rather than tear and I remember being like oh geez I I don't know if I'm if I'm up to this and I did give it a go and I was thinking I'm really not sure and I kind of wish that for me personally there was much more um awareness I mean I suppose I didn't go out of my way to find out more information I'm sure there would be more information out there um but I wish that was really spoken about a lot more um and that we are kind of encouraged to you know know what's going on in our Mm. in our own body because I think it's Mm. it's it's so taboo and you know oh yeah we don't we don't talk about that and I know in the UK it's quite rare for people unless you've got a kind of gynecological issue to have a gynecologist that you go and see I know in other countries it's very different and that's you know you have a gynecologist that you go and see and perhaps you um are a bit more in touch with that area of your body but I know certainly in the UK that is not the case the only time really that you might have anything done is when you go for a smear test which is just like you were saying kind of yep let's go and kind of shove a cotton wool bud and take Mm -hmm. some cells off your cervix and that's basically it but part of me is thinking oh god if we were then as part of that session just given as a bit as you were saying maybe just a sense of instead of it being really really quick and oh let's get this over quickly because it's going to be really painful even though actually depending on how everything feels if you relax more then it's easier and everything feels better um if we were almost just given a bit of touch a bit like you were saying the 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 kind of touch that you encourage or the touch that you kind of use with your clients just to kind of almost give that area of the body a bit of a hug because some people might not feel like it's accessible for them to do themselves um absolutely I kind of wish that that was all part part and parcel of that process instead of it just being very rushed and seen as something that is extremely embarrassing and you know oh my goodness you know what 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 is this nurse or doctor going to think and let everything else like properly mm. through a woman's brain when they go for a smear test um yeah and i think fundamentally you know it's about bringing the power back to us as women and you know i was chatting with a woman who's in one of my programs at the moment and she said the other day on one of our calls she said, I just cancelled the physio appointment that I'm on the waiting list for to go to the hospital and see a physio. And I said, do you realise what's happened in, like, you? yes, you, you cancelled the appointment, but what's happened behind that is that you feel so empowered in your body, that happened first for you to be able to make that call. Yeah. And so it's about, you know, maybe for some women you know they've they might be dealing with symptoms that take a little while to heal but they now understand and have enough awareness about their body that they're not relying on an external source and a power with outside of themselves to tell them what needs to be the next step they actually and I'm not saying that anyone shouldn't see a physio or a gynae or whoever they want to see what I'm just saying is that there's so much 
wisdom within you. And when you access that and you start to like really see the resources that you have and that, you know what, maybe I am feeling a little bit of heaviness or maybe I am feeling this or that in my body around pelvic health, but I understand how to take care of her and I feel empowered around taking care of my pelvic health. And so I'm not just relying on someone else to tell me what's going on. And that's super powerful for a woman. Yeah, definitely. And there there are for sure ways to start that process even if it's um not uh kind of pelvic floor related there are ways to uh almost tap into listening to different parts of your body rather than mm. um having to go because i think some for some people it might be like right okay i have no idea how i'm going to tackle this this seems like such an enormous uh thing for me to have to deal with so you can, you can practice the kind of releasing tension or just bringing focus to any part of the body. You don't, it doesn't have to be pelvic floor to start with and almost build that awareness muscle up uh, slowly mm. rather than it having to be um, kind of straight in with pelvic floor. If that's, if that's even where the, the kind of issue is. Um, Absolutely. I know that I, experience this a lot with a lot of my yoga clients especially my private yoga clients they I I spend a lot of my time reminding them that I am not in their body so I can't feel what they're feeling Mm. and so I give you you know I'm giving you these options but you need to uh, choose the one that you want to to move into or to not move into Um, but yeah some some of that is more more challenging than others I know that um sometimes people and it's good to push yourself sometimes that's that's fine mm. but I do think that there are sometimes when people should listen in a little deeper and yeah yeah I don't know um I probably the the ones I'm talking about are probably more um they're definitely all men all of my private clients are just, <laughs> don't listen. they're like no just give me the hardest version I'm like no I'm gonna I'm give you many options because that's how I roll and I want you to pick the one that feels good for you today because it's yeah. gonna be very different from a different day but um but yeah anyone that's wanting to kind of try and um and tap into those things perhaps try um with a, a kind of bit of your body that maybe you can very even if it's a hand you know you can really you can take your awareness to your hand you can maybe have a little go at kind of clenching your fist and then releasing it just so you know what that feels like I think sometimes Mm. we forget because we just um, take our body for granted a lot of the time that the muscles do different roles they contract Mm. and they relax and that's that's their two roles and yeah just as you said right at the beginning the body is happiest when it's doing both um, for many reasons um, but yeah it's good for the body to be able to do both um, and mm-hmm. if you feel like you're stuck um, in one or the other I know that quite a lot of people are beautiful abs that don't like to um, really do any work at all um, uh, normally stuck more in the kind of re- relaxed um, states depending on um, on how we live our lives but yeah if you if you have certain muscles in the body that are either fully relaxed all the time or um fully tense all the time it's really good to kind of try and do the opposite of that a little bit when you can just have yeah I love that you talk that you just brought in the abs because I was just thinking if I could give any woman just one tip from this podcast is just let go in your belly We subconsciously hold our belly in all the time as women because culturally, you know, it's, it's not cool to let your belly hang out. You know, you want to have those flat abs. You want to like all of that kind of stuff. You want to be fit. You want to have a flat belly, but also stress causes us to hold our bellies in. And it also causes us to have this really shallow breathing and, you know, the letting go when we talk about that letting go and the connection the letting go that happens in the pelvic floor, if you do one thing every time that you sat on the toilet or you get in the shower or you're sitting at the, the lights in the car, just take a deep breath and actually let the belly go. Just let her hang out. Like just let her go. Yeah. Let her be in her fullness of where she just wants to sit for a moment. 
in time and you know you can be guaranteed you'll pull it back in again so you can do this like all throughout your day yep. just let it go and let that tension go before you're going to eat a meal like just close your eyes and take a deep breath and just like feel the tension in your body and just let it go before you even take food into your body like allow the body to come into a, to a body that isn't stressed and holding tight through yeah. the belly well yeah. encourage you know i know that a lot of people say We'll hear the terms um, kind of rest and digest for the kind of parasympathetic part of the the brain. But yeah, if you can mm. get yourself into that state by doing exactly what you've just said, taking those nice deep belly breaths, especially before you eat, like the clue is in the um, the kind of title with the rest and digest bit there. You know, you need to be mm-hmm. feel like you're safe to be able to digest your food properly. So if you do take a couple of deep belly breaths, first of all, it will do amazing things for just allowing your body to relax, allowing your belly. Oh, I so I so resonate with that, with the whole just allowing your belly to be what it is. Because, yeah, I think we spend far too much of our time trying to kind of squeeze our bodies into a shape that we think <laughs> they should be. And it's like, it just doesn't matter, guys. It doesn't matter. Just let them be. Like, we're amazing. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah totally that. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if I might be able to ask if you could share like just a an exercise with us I don't know whether that that's possible if you want to do that um, whether it's a bit of breath work or um or anything that you want to kind of share um and people can do it along while they're listening or they can listen back or whatever um but that would be that would be amazing if you wanted to do that yeah absolutely I have a breath that I call the vacuum breath cool and um so if you're just sitting on a chair or sitting on the floor and just bring your hands to your belly. So if you bring your hands down to, I like to say, you know, just sit the fingertips. If you take two hands and place the palm of your hand on your hip bones and allow the fingertips to rest down toward the pubic bone. So you're kind of hugging the transverse adonis, the lower belly muscles, the muscles that we're wanting to connect. And the first thing we want to do is actually let the belly go. So let the belly just Take a deep breath in and let the belly rest into your hands. And then as we breathe out, we're going to start breathing out. And as you breathe out, I I like to think of like we're diving down to the bottom of the breath. We're breathing out, breathing out, breathing out, breathing out. I want you to keep going, keep going. We're pushing the air out, pushing the air out gently, gently, gently. We're going all the way to the bottom of that breath until there's absolutely nothing left. And we start to feel those muscles really start to connect through the base of the belly and then when there's nothing left we're going to take another deep breath let the belly fully expand into the hands again and this time you might feel a sense of expansion right down into the vulva it's like oh I feel the breath right down low and then breathing out keep going keep going keep going keep going we're breathing the breath all the way out keep going and it's like the organs of the belly and the organs of the pelvis start to lift up and into the body because they're following the diaphragm up into under the rib cage it's like everything's drawing up we're still gently pushing that air out right to the bottom and then we take a big deep breath in and everything releases so I call this the vacuum breath because as we get to the bottom of the breath it's like everything is like sucking in toward the spine. It's lifting, lifting, lifting as we gently allow the breath to really dive down to the bottom of the breath till there's just nothing left. You do, you know, five of these in the morning laying on your back in your bed even. You can do this and you can feel those muscles wake up and you can also, as you breathe in, you feel the air rush down into the pelvis again and the vulva expands and everything expands and then you do the vacuum breath. Keep going, keep going, keep going till everything, there's no breath left in the body and then take another big deep breath. So it's a really nice way to feel the fullness and that contraction of the diaphragm lifting, the organs following with that. Do that five times at the beginning and the end of the day and it's really, really powerful for pelvic floor healing. That's incredible. Thank you. Um, oh, I, no I well, I was thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with this, but as you people might have been able to tell, I've still got this cold that's been hanging around. <laughs> come along with a cough, and I thought if I breathe out all the way, I'm just gonna get myself <laughs> into an absolute coughing fit. But actually, saying that, I have really noticed being um, poorly and having this kind of cough. 
I have just been, I don't do shallow breathing very often because I spend a lot of my life encouraging people not to do that and do kind of involve their diaphragm. And I have really struggled these last couple of weeks because my breath has had to be kind of stuck up in the top part of my lungs because I just haven't yeah. felt like I can take those deep breaths. And I'm thinking, how do people survive like um you know breathing like this all the time all the time yeah some people do and and it's not their fault it's just not being aware that that's what they're doing you know it's nobody's Mm -hmm. fault um but yeah that was such a wonderful breath and I promise that when I'm better I'm gonna have a really good go at that because that's so lovely I'm sure I'll probably end up putting it in some of my classes for anyone that's like, right, we're going to try something out, guys. Um, Absolutely. It's really nice to do in different positions. So you can try it on your hands and knees, try it in child's pose. It's also a really nice way to let the belly expand in child's pose and go into the vacuum breath. But laying on your back, particularly if you're experiencing heaviness, like, like anything that puts gravity on the pelvic floor, and you find it difficult to find the connection, it's always best to lay down, take gravity out of the pelvic floor and start to feel the connection without that first and then move into the upright positions, hands and knees and that kind of thing. Amazing. That's also really, yeah, such a lovely um, almost kind of beginner breath uh, tip Mm. there from Prue because, yeah, it is really hard if you haven't done very much connecting with your breath or you don't really know where it's going or where you can feel it to do stuff lying down is, is super, super helpful because yeah, you absolutely do that. You take gravity out. And especially if you've got anything that's related um, pelvic floor wise. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely bring this in in the sneaky way of not managing the pelvic floor at all, perhaps until they finish the exercise. <laughs> Cause yeah, I think sometimes people then start to focus on that too much and then they forget about what they're trying to do with the breath. So, um, which is fine, but I would love for you just to finish off by talking um, a little bit about your, program because you do have a, a program obviously we know that Prue is um in Australia when well I've got listeners all over the place now which is amazing but um awesome if you want to get in touch um with Prue or you feel like her program will be beneficial then I'd love for you just to talk a bit more about that if you'd like to yeah for sure so Flourish which is my eight-week online healing program came about because I was seeing women in my clinic and over the past few years, I've just really kind of seen the icing on the cake of what, like what are the best things that I can bring together for women to heal from a heart led space, their their pelvic health and heal as a woman and heal after birth and heal as we're moving through all the different phases of womanhood. And so Flourish is really about that. It's an eight-week program. We meet together every week for an hour on Zoom. And there's also 12 pre-recorded sessions where I take you through a myriad of different tools. And my hope is that, you know, it's not that you'll take everything from from the program and be like, okay, I'm going to apply everything into my life. There'll be things for women that just feel like when you do them, you feel at home in your body. And one of the biggest things being a mum of four and having a business and doing all the things that we do as women, I have a, a, a real acknowledgement that, you know, sometimes we just can't find an extra hour of the day to do our exercise that's pertinent to our our health as women, particularly around pelvic health. And sometimes it needs to be applied through five, 10 minute, little 20 minute segments in our day, sometimes in two minute segments of my day. So the program is really about helping you embody these different breath work, body movement, fascia release techniques to heal things that you've carried in your life as a woman through body movement, breath work and fascia release so that by the end of the program, you actually feel really solid in what, am, what are you going to take with you that's going to serve you actually not just for this phase of your life but for the rest of your journey as a woman because you'll use these through perimenopause, through menopause. You'll just keep coming back to use the tools over and over again. Yeah. And so that's the Flourish program. And if anyone wants to connect with me around that, you can find me on Instagram through um, and you can put – I can send you links for these um, – reclaim your womanhood is my instagram handle and i'm also on facebook as prudence todd but i have a free facebook group called healing after birth 
which women are more than welcome to jump in there and just have a look through the videos. I'm in there sharing stuff all the time as well. That's amazing. That's so lovely. I think you've, well, all, all of my episodes are amazing, but yeah, this one, I think just being given some direct tools as well um, in this one has just been super special. So thank you very much for, for, for sharing that vacuum breath with us and obviously everything else that we've talked about. That's okay. Oh, there's also my my podcast too, which is womanhood. If people want to go check out my podcast, it's at this point in time. It it was birthed last July, and I literally record when I feel heart moved to do it. Amazing. Um, And it's very much so far about you know my emotional journey as a woman, but I'm going to be sharing more and more in there about pelvic health as well. So it's your womanhood on Spotify. If anyone wants to check that out as well, yeah, yep. I'm going to go ahead and follow that one so I can listen, which is amazing. Um, But that's wonderful. Thank you. I I normally ask for a tip of the week, but I think you've given us so many that I don't think (laughs) we need it this time. But thank you so much, Prue. It's just been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. And thank you for joining us all the way from the beach. She's filming, filming, uh, recording, I should say, from the beach. We, We started recording this before. Um, and then well, I had some technical issues. <laughs> yes, it's oh, it's an absolute pleasure, and it's 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 so sweet to be invited to to share with you. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Just Pause podcast. To help this podcast grow, please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have a spare few moments, just write a review because that will really help boost this awareness of the podcast and get the word out there because I think it's so important that all women have access to this information. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at just.pause.pod. See you soon.